Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of Sazon Talk. Ooh, welcome back. Uh, feels good to be back in the studio. Yes. I've missed it so, so, so very much. Hello, my dear friend. <laughs> Instead of hello, my darkness, my old friend, it's just hello, my dear friend. Hello, my dear friend. But um, once again, thank you to everyone that has been following, listening to Sazon Talk. Truly appreciate all the support, and hopefully, once again, as the episodes continue, we get more and more guests on. But tonight's episode, we got a special guest via online streamyard because you know she she handling she she's a boss lady, so you know <laughs> boss lady don't always can't be always present. So you got to sometimes. I literally just got out of a meeting like fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> See, it's boss shit. That's what you do. Um, but we have the queen from your sports joining us. How are thou, madam? Hey, hey guys. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I love the show. I love, you know, you guys, I love you both. So I love to hear your reflections on things. And I think it's amazing that, um, you guys invited me to be on. Oh, of course. Yeah. Cause I think this episode is really, really cool. Um, because we probably have all done it. We've all had it done to ourselves. Pause. Um, so tonight's <laughs> episode, our topic for this evening is going to be about friend zoning. Yeah. Oh. Oh, see, there you go. She already ready. That left already. She already ready. She know. Well. See, <laughs> let me run down the list. That's what that was that face. So let me get this list together. Um, but before we do get started, first of all, girl, who does your makeup? Me. Well, when it's really good, it's my cousin. Um, you can follow her at Flossed NYC. She is a master makeup artist and she does my face like no other. Um, but for this look, it's a kind of thrown together mix of um concealer, eyeliner, and eyelashes with a little lip gloss and, and you uh, still look like neck. a queen. She Thank is. you. Now here looking good. <laughs> And Thank stuff, because I done spent $100 at fucking MAC for fucking makeup that I don't even wear on a daily day basis. Girl. But. Girl. You know, I really love, you know, I'm a MAC fiend, Sephora head, but I would say the best concealer I've ever used was NYX. And it's really cheap, mm-hmm. but it goes on my skin and it matches my skin really well, so... Shout outs to them. There you go. I really want to try. There's this thing I saw on, I think it was maybe Instagram or like on the internet where like you send them a picture of yourself. And it's and like, they, it's, it's true. To and they your... send, yeah, and they send you your foundation color. And I actually really low key wanted to try it. Like I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Cause I don't be knowing. So I literally went to Macy's. It was like, I need foundation, powder, possibly a lip gloss. What where do I go? What am I doing? Right. And then and then I had, you know, a cheerleader in the background and I'm just like, no, like <laughs> I don't want to get all this shit. So but that's just a little tidbit of makeup stuff. But I was like, she out here looking flawless. I'm like, I gotta access. What you doing Thank out you. here? Just a little concealer, cocoa butter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know that's what our concealer, color folks do. Butter, a little matte lip gloss. There you lip, go. Because I'm a tomboy by heart. So all this glamour. Glamour <laughs> you know, shit ain't for me. I call my, my style tomboy chic. Okay. So it's like I 
I'm a little bit of tomboy, rough around the edges, but I definitely know how to glam it up when it's time. Ooh, it, especially when you're out here, flawless for your birthday. Happy belated. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. You know. Thank you. I turned 30 heaven. So, <laughs> two and a, I got a couple more years left in my 30s before 40s come knocking. So, thank God. Great, no matter what. Oh, girl, you better start thinking about your 40s. Oh. I'm not even there yet. I can't even, I can't even, it felt like I blinked and turned 37. Uh, I felt like just yesterday I was like 30. And oh, now well, I'm like. That's how you live, though. That's just more about how you live your day to day versus mm-hmm. your actual age. Like, I Hell still, yeah. you know, 30 being like 31. I was like, that shit is weird. I told somebody else that I was like, 31 was weird. Outside, I mean, not being a pandemic type of thing, but it was just like 30 plus someone. Like, what? But I feel like 32 is about to be popping, though. I'm a little Girl, excited about 32. I mean, wait till you hit 33. For some reason, that 33 is it's either a make or break for me. 30 was like the worst year of my life. 31, you know, kind of, I kind of started to get to know myself. And I feel like when you're in your 30s, you have kind of a swag about you that you didn't have in your 20s. Like, you're more unapologetic in your 30s. I think you're, you're more, you know more of what you want out mm-hmm. of life. And I think that your 30s is that your 20s is about finding yourself. Your 30s is about creating yourself. And I guess your 40s is about living what you've built in your 30s. Right. So, because, you know, Madame across from me is turning 30 this year. So, oh my God, you're a baby. Yeah, she's the final, (laughs) she's the final lap of of our inner circle of of turning 30. It's me and Dre. Yeah, you're right. We're like a few weeks apart. They're They're the baby babies. babies. So, I think I'm the oldest. Yes, yes, yeah. out of our of our little network, yes. Yeah. And then you know, well, I mean, my significant <laughs> other, he oldest, he oldest fuck, <laughs> but he's thirty seven. He definitely didn't hear what you just said. Good. He said yeah, in the back, you can't see him, but <laughs> he always oh, well, he waving, he can see you, but you can't see him. Nineteen eighty, that was nineteen eighty four babies. We have the best of both worlds. Nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty five. We know what it's like to actually write papers and play outside without internet and all that stuff. So yeah, I grew up our younger generation, like the late '80s, early '90s, it was kind of more of a shift at that point. Yeah, because I mean, like growing, like I would say, probably by the time I got to high school, probably or maybe like towards the end of middle school, was when like typing was like became a real thing. Like you had to have the paper type. But, like, I definitely typed out. Yeah, I definitely written papers and stuff. Well, because y'all went to a fancy high school. I was, I was mean, just like, we had to write everything. It wasn't so fancy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were behind the Bronx, you know, courthouse, you know. Yeah. I mean, David Banks was my principal for one year. So, yeah, I guess. What, school you, what high school you went to? The Bronx School for Law, Government, and Justice. Oh, excuse him. Why? <laughs> I told you it's a Monday. <laughs> it's not that I fancy. Went to, I went to Bishop Ford Central Catholic High School. Oh, see that? Uh, listen to that. She, I, listen, look. I went to typical public school. I went to public. My school was public. Yeah. Don't let it get you yeah. fooled. I mean, my school uh, used to be here. Stuyvesant. Huh? I only went to public school for one year my whole life. I was a private school kid from from uh, from as long as I can remember. And I even, I learned how to type because my, my parents bought me a typewriter when I was a My mom had a typewriter in the house. Because, like, when I was, what, my mom finished school when I was, like, four or five. So she, I remember her having the typewriter. And when we moved from Brooklyn 
to Harlem, I remember her. I remember that being in the house. So typewriters was definitely a thing, and I always used to try it and play with it and shit. And then she'd be like, "No, because you know you had to you had to slam it back and then start over again." I was like, "That yeah. shit is trash. I don't want that." <laughs> <laughs> and then if you fuck up, you got to put white out on it. What? Like, yeah, what you had to read white out, right? Yeah, on. right. I was like, "Ma'am, that's <laughs> too it dry." Then type it over. Yeah, and you got to blow. You gotta, you gotta blow fan it and blow it so that it dry and then you start like that's extra as fuck. But all right. all right. Let's jump into tonight's topic, friend zoning. So, ladies. <laughs> how many people have you friend zoned? Oh my goodness. Girl. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how many I friend zoned. A lot. And sometimes you don't even realize that, like... Subconsciously, think, you don't. Yeah, I think friend zoning is different for men than it is for women. I feel like with women, we know when we're in a friend zone. And I think that sometimes we have a a, a hard time kind of differentiating, not all, but some of us, uh, the clues that somebody mm-hmm. really likes you. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like So what's a clue? Well how how would you know if someone really was like like digging you like? Oh my goodness. Um when they text you all the time about stuff not relating to other women or their girlfriends or other things when they're just like trying to always get you to come out with them and it's one on one type of situations. Um buying you like thoughtful things that you wouldn't even think to get yourself. I think that that's kind of blurring the line between friends and like, I like you, like you Uh as a romantic conquest or whatever. I think the nature of the conversations, I think the affection is a little bit different. Okay. Um, I think that they're more willing to, but you know, I've had some really great guy friends who do those things without expecting anything in return, but it's just a little extra, you know? No, that's true. I think in terms of, I'm trying to think who who takes it the hardest though. Does does us as women take it harder? Or does guys take it harder? Because I feel like I don't guys know. take it more. I think guys take it harder, but they just don't say. Versus, I knew somebody that I did friend zone, and he just like but what type of thing, and I was just like, because oh, then they get weird. He like wouldn't let what? it go. But you know what I, I, I do feel with situations, though? I think men will be more... I think certain men are more inclined to take somebody out the friend zone than a woman is. Okay. I feel like a man would at least delve into something casual with a friend over a woman, for the most part. Yeah. That's how I see it. No, because I, I think as the female in it, like... Once you realize there are no like real concrete feelings, then you you basically kind of moved on in your mind. Like it's just like, all right, you're here, cool. All right, oh, you want to do nice things with me? All right, cool. But I actually really like this other person, so that's yeah, for that. sure, for sure, for sure. And I and I also think that women, for the most part, make it known a little bit more when you're friend zoned. Yeah, than men do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I feel like there's a lot of times where, where they blur the lines, and you just you really, and sometimes you really just don't know if that person is interested in you as a friend or interested in you as a, a romantic interest. But I do, I've heard of situations where, you know, a guy, 
you know, knows that a good friend of his likes him. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And would wear that line. You get what I'm saying? And then wonder why Shorty's caught up. Right. Or be confused of like mixed signals and mixed signals in a way because mm-hmm. that's actually I've I've experienced that where I had <laughs> feelings for an individual and like we would go like we would do boyfriend and girlfriend shit, like mm-hmm. basically. So it was like we would go on trips, like you knew my you knew my family, I knew your family, like I was going to your parents' anniversary party, like shit like that. And it was just like, why are we not like what what is the disconnect? And that I think at one at that moment of like I'm asking like how do you see me because I think that's an important question a lot of people don't ask anymore is just like just basic like how do you how do you look at me mm-hmm. because if you look at me like I'm just your good old friend which he basically was like oh, you know I look at you like you're my best friend I was just like okay so you you mm-hmm. you don't want to fuck me okay cool all right <laughs> all right you just want to be you my just, friend you just want to be my friend Nobody and my friend. and know that I got your back no matter what type of thing and which is the truth and my mom even had to like tell me she was just like certain people are just better as friends yep Yes. Just plain simple, so like your relationship with that individual is probably just better in that role because anything further may, you know, really damage the friendship in its, you know, in its entirety. And it's just like, I mean, when you any relationship you really get into, you should actually really probably start off as friends, mm-hmm. but you take the risk when you get into it. Mm. You see, it's hard for me to say that. I've never been a fan of being friends first and then dating. Mm-hmm. I, I think that when you're friends first, there's it's, it's a it's a very superficial friendship. It's never that deep because that line between friends and lovers is so thin that it's like it takes only one conversation to put somebody in a friend zone. Oh, absolutely. It's Actually, it's one word. Actually, it could be it could be a sentence. It could be a word that you at that moment are like, ah, I really can't fuck with you like that. Yeah, yeah I'm good. For real. For real, for real. I remember I met a guy years ago, years ago, and I met him as a, like a romantic interest. Uh-huh. But as conversations kind of went on and as we got to know each other and stuff, the attraction was there. But I feel that where we were in our lives at that time, it would not have been conducive to a fruitful relationship for either one of us. Uh-huh. I thought that we were very much alike. Um, and it became, he be, ended up being one of my best friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who I can rely on, somebody who can rely on me. And then slowly but surely, like the romantic feelings kind of dwindled for me, but it heightened for him. Mm-hmm. And it made it very awkward because it would just be like, you know, why are you dealing with this guy or whatever? You know, you should date me. And it's just like, nah, like, we're already, like, I see you as a brother. When somebody says they see you as a brother, right. or see you as a sister, it is very, 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 very rare for you to get out of that. Oh, you space. can't. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the no comeback zone. Mm-hmm. You say, you oh, know, like, oh, you my you, sis. You like, fam. You no, like, fam. Excuse me. Like, and if you mm-hmm. that person, that digs in your chest. Oh, when oh when homie said, oh, I see you as, like, one of my best friends, I nearly, like, died. Right. I probably drank so much. I, that probably was a terrible thing that I did. 
But I probably drank so much that I was just like, and it was New Year's Eve, and you already experienced how I get down New Year's Eve. <laughs> so I just was like heartbroken because I was just like, you know, you see yourself, you you know, you see all the things that could be, and you just feel like the person isn't willing to meet you either halfway or willing to risk to seeing what could what could be because I think that's always the fear too. It's like if I, you know, if if we don't work as a relationship, then we can can't be together. Like, we can't be around each other. Like, we can't spend time with each other. That's tough. That's tough. I think what the situation that you were describing, you were giving him all the benefits of having a girlfriend without all of them. The, without all the of them. intimate piece. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I think that that happens so much in relationships because it, 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 it goes apart with our image of what a relationship should be than what it actually is in front of us. Correct. You get what I'm saying? And I, and I find that that happens so much. Like, you know, you feel like, I'm not saying you in particular, but I'm saying people in general, they feel like if they show someone the best parts of them, you know what I'm saying? And they're, and they're bringing it to the table, showing that, you know, there's five real pillars to every relationship, communication, loyalty, love, attraction, and honesty, right? Uh-huh. And if you're giving them an intimacy... And if you're giving them all but one, you feel like you're giving them at least 80 to 90% of what it takes to have a relationship with them. And if they're not willing to even give you that 20 to 10%, you kind of know where you stand, but your your heart knows, your heart doesn't want it there, but your mind knows where you are with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what happens with the friend zone um, often. And like getting back to your original question, who takes it harder? I do think that men take the rejection a little bit harder, mm-hmm. but I think that they're. I think that women internalize it more and bring it into their next relationships. A lot of baggage in yes. terms, because the one thing, the one thing I realized, and you know, I think sometimes you know we we don't we don't look at the positives of when those type of scenarios happen because, like, from my scenario. Like, the positive thing I realized was that, okay, you know, I always will have love for the person. Like, if he ever needs anything, I'm there. Like, family-wise, like, whatever it is, like, I'm always going to be Janelle, and that's fine. But I had realized, I was just like, I know for me, any individual that I that I deal with, I need to, they need to be emotionally available for me. And that was the one missing link with that individual was there was no emotion. Like it was always like we couldn't have an emotional conversation. Like I didn't feel comfortable crying in front of this person or I didn't feel comfortable saying like, you know, like, oh, like you hurt my feelings. And it's like you take it as a joke. And it's just like, no, but that ass you like <laughs> hurt my feelings. So at that point, it made me realize that that was a necessity that I needed um, moving forward just with anybody. Because those, you know, I think, you know, friend zoning someone, it, it sucks. But it does also help you realize the the things that you do want in in a relationship or in dealing with the individual. So there's always plus and minuses with friend zoning someone. But I think it's always how you do it too. I think that's why I said guys. I think take it harder because I think as us as women, like I could be in a club and you could probably build up on me when I you. In my mind, you're already in the friend zone, so I don't even know mm-hmm. why you over here. But then I'm talking to somebody else in the club and you feel your ways. You like why yeah. is she talking to him? Because I can. The fuck? (laughs) So that's why I'm saying, like, guys probably do take it a lot harder. I feel like we've experienced it enough that we kind of protect ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And because I've done it before where I've been friend zoned, so like I don't want to take a certain thing like, okay, he automatically likes me. I don't, I try to turn everything off. So mm-hmm. when I friend zone the person, they're just like, well, why'd you do that though? Like, you should have just asked. I'm like, well, you weren't really straightforward about it. So I just took it as it is. For sure. For sure. And I think what happens with the friend zone thing, it becomes awkward mm-hmm. because I feel as if with. With certain men, they're for the most part we're 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 inclined to believe that if a man picks on you or treats you a certain way or whatever that they have interest in you, uh-huh. right? And I think that that preconditioned notion kind of guides us in the early part of our adulthood and how we deal with relationships and how we deal with friends. And I think that there are some people who as a guy, he emulates everything you think you want in a relationship, but you get that as a friend. And it's hard to discern the difference between is he attracted or not? But the thing is, what I realize is that if somebody really likes you and wants to be with you, they're going to make that effort to be with you and tell you. So I, I don't know if it's what we perceive or what we're making up in our heads or what we're telling our you know, we, we talk to our friends, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so did this, so does that mean he likes me? It's like, then your friend would be like, well, look, my boyfriend did that when we were starting to get together, so so it's like you're already being conditioned to think that the expectations versus reality is different. Oh, because people are delusional. Oh. That's what it boils down to, is the, the, the art of delusion. Um, and both female and male side, because at one minute, you know, you can have somebody like, like for instance, I, damn, I can't use that story. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I can. So someone, okay. I almost said something else. Okay. So for instance, a guy that, you know, says like, oh, I want to bring this person around or I have a friend and blah, blah, blah. And the person comes around and you already know the person, the male wants more. Mm-hmm. But you already see how the female acts around. And it's just basically like, this bitch on friends on you, you don't even know it. Right. So like how, like how, like have you ever been able to have a conversation with like any one of your like girlfriends or e- even guy friends? Like have you have conversations with friends, like letting them know like, so let me, let me break this down to you. Like this person is not probably into you as much as you think. Mm-hmm. Like how have you guys ever like dealt with that? Well, for me, as you guys both know, I am very blunt and direct and honest. That is true. You know what I'm, saying? I'm not rude, mm-hmm. you know, but when I love you, I do want to always see what's best for you. And if I peep something that may not be in your best interest, I'm that friend that's going to tell you by hook or by crook. Uh-huh. No matter what. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to tell you in a way that's going to make you feel like like trash. But I'm going to tell you in a way that I know that even if you can, if you decide to move forward with this embarrassment, you know that I'm not that friend that's going to have you looking crazy in these streets. Right. I've had a couple of friends where I've, I've peeped situations. Like, we'd be out, and I see them, like, you know, just talking to one guy that I know that they have a strong feeling for. And I know this guy don't have a strong feeling for them. Just like blocking themselves off to other possibilities and other potential, you know, partners. Uh And, you know, I've lost friends over this as well. 
Because they're not no. ready to hear the truth. Right. Yeah, I've lost friends over this. You know, I had a I had a friend who was in a casual situation with a guy, and she thought that they were exclusive, but he really he felt bad for her. That was the only reason why he was like dilly and dallying with her. And he hooked up with somebody else in front of me. Wow. I no respect. <laughs> this guy got no respect. Yeah. And what his excuse was was that she's not my girlfriend. Like I don't owe her anything. You know what I'm saying? She already knows wow. what it is. So and when I told her the next day, <laughs> a girl. I told her the next day, I, you know, he. I was sitting. We were at a bar. Um, I was sitting like right here, and him and old girl kissed right in front of me like this. I mean, at least take her to the like bathroom. Yeah, Son. no, you would like no, in front of your no, face, though. Man. That's just rude. Yeah, think. no qualms. And I could not wait to tell my friend. I couldn't wait. I could not wait. <laughs> it's been almost fifteen years, and Shorty still ain't talked to me. Wait, wow. hold up. Wait a minute. Fifteen years after you told her, as you was being a friend and letting her know, like hmm, the the nigga you He's think just you with that into you. But I mean, to him though, though I'm kind of on the same fence of like, mm, if I'm not your girl, I ain't gotta really. I, I, mm, there ain't no. Oh, I guess it depends on the situation, because that right. was that was definitely me over the summer. Like I was dealing with an individual you met. Oh God! And then, <laughs> and then I had to kindly remind him like all the time, like I'm not your girl. So like I don't understand. Like. Granted, we're talking, we're still getting to know <laughs> each other, but like, I'm not your girl. So, like, mm-hmm. y- how you're feeling, I'm not, I don't want to invalidate that, but how I move is still on that. That has nothing to do with you. Like, mm-hmm. it, but that showed you where you stood with, with that individual, too. Yes. Because if you really, let me tell you something, even if you're in a talking stage with somebody, but you really feeling them, you're not going to move that way. And that goes for either one of mm-hmm. either person. True. If you're gonna move a certain way, it's like you know you see a future with somebody, you're not gonna put yourself, you already creating the foundation for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Even before those words are even said. So I feel like when it comes to the friend zone, you know, it's a gray area. Don't get me wrong, but you know when somebody I feel like you kind of know when somebody's building with you. Oh, when you know somebody's playing games with you, it's just do. It. But on the other hand, people are really duplicitous. People really could could perpetrate a fraud. Oh, for true. Oh, very true. Like people could really perpetrate a fraud. Oh boy, we gotta really decide like non disclosures because I be having to tell stories for days, <laughs> and then <laughs> I have, then I be realizing, then I be like, damn, wait. This niggas be listening to shit really, so thereby, right? I can't right. say, it. but no, but it's the truth. It's it, my my always issue is like when people try to perpetrate that fraud. It's like, well, who, what audience are you doing this for? Like, cause no one's really like you're you living your life is for you. It's not you not living it for the big screen. So like when people really try to front and really try to put something out there like that, it's like, well, why? Like no one, no one actually really looking. So I don't understand. Um, but friend zoning. Um, Amanda. Let's see. When's the last time you friends on someone? Uh, uh, I feel like there's a constant argument with two people I know. Mm-hmm. And one of them, like, 
he swears like that he's in love with me. I hate when people that don't know who I really am and sweat that they in love with me. I'm like, they, you're not they love in love the with vision. me. They yeah, love the I'm vision. like, you just love what you like, what you see, mm-hmm. but you don't know shit about me. Like you don't even get the chance to even know me. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, but I, I, I know you enough. I'm like, no, you don't. I was like, you can't even tell me when my birthday is, right? Like that's how much you don't know me. That's basic shit. But he's always one of those that constantly is like, you know, hitting me up. I'm like, I don't see anything with you. I don't ever see anything with you. Uh-huh. And the moment that if I ever become single, he's just trying to hop right on it all the time. And I'm just like, bro, we are just like, we're just friends. That's it. Like, there's nothing more. And it doesn't dig into his head. He lost. It's all right. And then, like, I remember years ago... Um, when my best friend was uh, still around, he and I were like back and forth, like we liked each other, but he was obviously a lot older than me. What's a lot older? I was eighteen. He was thirty. Nigga, what? <laughs> Nigga, what? <laughs> yeah, I swear, it's always one thing she says on every episode <laughs> that throws me for the fucking loop of the lifetime, and this was it. <laughs> Excuse me? It's <laughs> a grown um, ass man. He was, yes. Um, mm. but then uh like he ended up just you know, like he friends on me. He was like, We should just be friends with He friends on you because your ass was young. I mean, by this time I was already twenty something. I was like twenty three. We were always like on and, and off. He years. was almost closer to forty, so but continue. But then he was like twenty something because he passed away when he was thirty three. So oh. Yeah, but um, but that's what I'm saying. Like he friends on me, whatever. But then when he ended up, he got sick, and um, I went to visit him because, like I said, like we stood as best friends, right? And so at that time, I was engaged, mm. and he was livid. I'm like, but why don't are you, you so lo- mad? Okay, hold on, because <laughs> that shit aggravates the fuck out of me. <laughs> When I, yo, and it never fails. When you single and you out here living hot girls, you doing hot girl shit. Yep. And all type of, you having the time of your life. Don't nobody want to fuck with you. Right. Don't nobody want to say nothing to you. It's like you don't exist. You don't, right. You're invisible. Then the you moment, get into a relationship. The moment you post up a fucking picture. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you got a boo now? Right. Oh, so, so you're not single no more? You totally ignoring the whole fact that I've been single for as long as I can remember right now. Right. So that irks the fuck out of me because it's just like you have the opportunity. Like I never understand when when guys feel they have this like like they feel almost a certain way about you moving home with your life. Right. Like, they lose the privilege. They lose the uh, Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. These niggas out here yeah. is privileged as fuck because they right. think you going to wait out here for them and you going to sit here and be like just twiddle your thumbs. No, life moves on. Because for him, it was more so because we were on and off for years, he was more so like if we would have gotten married, like, you know, at least my mom would have had a grandson already. Um, because he was a twin once upon a time and his twin passed away. Mm-hmm. And then who was left was just him and his brother because his dad passed away years ago. So he became the man of the house. So he was just saying, I could at least leave my mom with a grandchild and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, why are you saying these things to me? Like, why now? Like, you friend zoned me. Like, you told me we were just friends. And now all of a sudden you're over here saying, like, 
you're jealous because I'm engaged and you're jealous because you wanted me to have your kid. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That done fucked you up. So we got into a whole big argument. Like, mind you, he got out of surgery and we got into an argument over this. I stopped, like, I stopped visiting him until his brother told me he was in hospice. And I was just like, all right, got to put my big girl panties on. And now I got to yeah, go see. I got to do what girl. I got to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then uh, after that, like, you know, he, like, he was honest. He was just like, you know, obviously, because you were, I didn't want to be the stop because you were so young. I wanted you to con- like, find other opportunities that came your way. And that's why I just kind of, I thought it was best for us to stay as friends. And I was like, I hate you with a passion. See, so how do you, so how do you, how do you guys feel? Like, how do you deal with someone that just makes decisions for you? Like, on your behalf? Because that, that's another thing that irks the fuck out of me. It's like, you don't give, I don't like not having a voice Mm -hmm. in any type of situation. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Mm -hmm. So, like, what do you, like, how do you guys handle, like, people that will say things like, well, I just thought this was best for the both of us. And it's just like, but you didn't even ask me. I think it's not. I think it's nonsense, honestly, generally, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like when you know what you want, you go for it. You know, I'm an alpha woman. Always been an alpha woman. Always will be an alpha woman. And I feel as if, you know, when you make decisions for somebody else, you're not taking into an account their feelings, your feelings, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So what happens is. I feel like it's disrespectful in a way because you didn't even give me a chance to say, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not how I feel. But I do feel as if it's not a reflection of your feelings for them more or less, but more their feelings for you. You know what I'm saying? I think that in certain circumstances, if they say that, that means they're not ready for what you're ready for. So, but they're projecting it onto you because Mm -hmm. they're not bold enough or respectful enough to give you that choice in your face. Right. Oh, that's the yeah. worst. I think it's so true. Like I, I hate when people just like, well, I thought it was best for you. Well, like you didn't even give me the opportunity to tell you how I really felt. Right, and I feel like in any real situation, if you really fuck with me, you would. My opinion matters. Mm-hmm. Like you would care how I feel or what I would say. So like you saying like, oh, I just did this because I, I or the oh, my biggest thing is. I knew you was going to be mad. So it's just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. How do you know this? Like, what if I wouldn't have got mad? Then I, what? I didn't want to hear you get so upset. I, I didn't want to upset you, but. I know you cut off people when you get so mad. Like, or you get so defensive. You don't do it in the first place. Like, right. you know the trigger points are, especially if we're friends. You know, I never had a situation where being friends first worked out. Really? Yeah. Never. Okay. Never. Mm-hmm. I, I feel That's like different. I hold my friendship so near and dear to my heart. And if I put you in a category as a friend, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? R- romantic relationships are so wishy-washy and they're so on and off. Mm-hmm. That it's like I might jeopardize how we feel about I, It's a difference between being friends first and taking it slow. Yeah. Okay. There's a difference. Because when you're taking it slow, you're, you're taking it slow going to a destination, which is to be together. Mm-hmm. But when you're friends first, when you're friends, it's either you're going to be good friends or friends with benefits. And that and friends with benefits don't often lead to, you know, romantic friends with benefits is... relationships. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, but... don't get me wrong, like some people, I've heard, I've heard of situations where I had a boss that he met his wife one night at a club. They went home together and they were married 30 years. And then I had, uh, I heard of a situation 
where a guy and a girl were best friends for years, and then they finally like felt that spark. And I think movies mess us up with that too. Like those movies where you know your friends and mm-hmm. you know like Dawson and Joey and Dawson and Pacey. Yo, my Creed. favorite one <laughs> is, and it's shout out to my college roommate, uh, St. John's in the building. Um, my college roommate's favorite fucking movie, Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar is oh the epitome. God. That is the epitome. The epitome of friend zoning. And then realizing, like, I can't live my life without this person. Like, what? It's so unrealistic. And it painted such a bad picture. I was in college when that movie came out. And then um, at St. John's University, actually. Shout out to St. John's. Shout out to the restaurant in the building. (laughs) It was one of the the first movies they actually opened up at that movie theater. Oh, on the little theater? Oh, on the Ave? Yeah, that was one of the first movies. Yeah, believe it or not. Okay. Um, a little history lesson for the for the youngins in the room. But, um, <laughs> but that's so unrealistic. Like he's gonna marry a whole woman, you know, have a and you're gonna have this whole guy that Beyonce. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, he loses everything. Then he decides, like, oh, once I'm a loser, you know, my successful best friend, that's the person I love. Like, come on, man. Give me a break. No, nah, but my favorite my favorite thing was it was just like the when so now Layton's character had um and fell in love, well, was with the um was Chorus Bujo, which was her fiance. I love Like him. this nigga didn't really know her. <laughs> and like and and then on the other side, Tay Diggs and um Nicole Ari Parker, when they were together, like they didn't know each other either because it was certain like it was one scene Spoiler alert, if you've never seen Brown Sugar, but I highly recommend seeing it at least once. You know, I, I'm a sucker for black love comedies, just like movies, romance comms. But um, there's one scene in the movie where they're playing a game. I think it was somebody's birthday party or something. And they were playing a game and basically, no, I'm lying. It was Old Girl's Bridal Shower. Yes. Nicole Ari Parker. So Tay Diggs' uh, fiance was her bridal shower. First of all, I don't know why the best, why Sanaa Lathan's character, the best friend, got invited to the bridal shower. That was already problematic as fuck. But they invited the girl to come. She bought her her, her homegirl, which was Queen Latifah. So they played this Marceline. game at the bridal shower. <laughs> Facts. They play this game at the bridal shower, and it's basically like, how well do you know your partner type of thing. So the girls was like, oh, you know, we're going to ask all these questions about, um, I, never, I don't remember the nigga name in the movie, but they, got, they was like, we're going to ask all these questions about him and see how many questions she get right or like who can guess, you know, the answers or whatever, whatever. Literally every question they asked, Sanaa Lathan's character answered every question and made the whole shit awkward as fuck. Because you were just like, so who is, who is he marrying? Because clearly you don't know him as well as she does and i feel like that's an important part like when you're with someone they should they should know you in and out they shouldn't they, they shouldn't be like it shouldn't be like you with somebody they don't know your favorite color they don't know your favorite movie that's basic it, that's basic nonsense and you know you're 100 percent correct with they you should know your mate but you know get into those movies like the brown sugars uh-huh. like the best mans and Ooh. like basketball i love all those movies Don't get me wrong. i'm a sucker for those movies so i love movies. black love all the way i love i love all kinds of love black love too right why the man gotta lose everything before he realizes <laughs> his friend is the one for him like in love and basketball he had to get all injured and you know lost his basketball career and then oh my goodness and find out daddy was a hoe 
Yeah, you know, oh my goodness, you know, my best friend after all these years, she's the one for me. Like, come on, man. But like, even in Love and Basketball, and that's why that that movie's low. Though, if we were ranking most problematic movies in Black yeah. history, <laughs> Love and Basketball is definitely top three because it wasn't even until the end that it wasn't even the fact that he lost all the shit that he lost. It was the fact that you found out your daddy was a hoe. You found out your mama held all these secrets. You find out, like, you think you know one thing and you don't know one thing. And the one the thing is, is that I feel like as, as people, we always ignore the constant in our lives. We yeah. always make excuses for the things yeah. that clearly makes the most fucking sense. We're like, no, that's that's not it. No, it, it'll be something else. So it For literally sure. was when when at the end of this movie when they did the game and it was just like it took and she lost. <laughs> like she lost the game and he still was just like I love you. Like I want to be with you. And she all she was all in. Like, all that like, what? And it, like yeah, so, ready and embarrassed, right? And lost, she lost, and she still was just like, like I love you, and it was just like, what? Like, what do you mean? So I mean, yeah. but to say that though, and before we wrap up, to say that though, I do think though sometimes you just have to just kind of lose everything in order to really understand what you really had or what you could have. I don't think it's a bad thing that. Most times, people, you know, you lose out or you, you, someone steps away, and you're like, "It is a bad thing." It is a bad thing, though, because I want to shine with the people who I grind with. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you get on top, you get your your trophy wife, and you forget about the people who or the woman who was in the trenches with you. That's problematic. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That part of it. That's that side of the coin. Yes, because it's like. So when I had nothing, I wasn't good enough. So now I have everything. What am I to you? Like, and I, but I think also too is sometimes it's hard for as as men because you know I think now we're in that era uh, where us as women are more bosses. We're more the alpha woman. We're more on top of things. And for men, at times, it's very very hard to have that concept of like. You know, because men have that mentality of I need to be the provider, I need to do this, I need to do that. And it's something that I struggle with the individual in this room. But I always say I always say to him, I'm like, listen, like we're a team. So it's like it's not to say that the situation, the stat quo is gonna be stat quo in five years. No. But for right now, you gotta kinda just understand like this is this is what I'm able to do, this is what you're able to do, this is what you bring to the table, that's what I bring to the table. And if we're gonna grow, we're gonna grow together. And we're yeah, gonna make it to work. There's no such thing as mm-hmm. a man has to provide and a woman has to subside and a woman has to submit. And I think that that's such an unrealistic expectation that we put, especially on black people, Absolutely. black love, black relationships. Absolutely. And I'm just being completely honest because I don't hear any other, you know, race or dominant race or or classification talking about. Oh, a woman must submit to their man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like. As good as your woman does. Oh, actually, well, that's in Spanish culture, but girl. Yeah, that's in Spanish. Traditional. <laughs> that, what I mean, people of color. That's what I mean. Okay, yeah. Because I was about to say. You never say people of color. <laughs> and but, when I looked at the man, I was like, yeah, Spanish niggas is like yeah, that. That's why I can't fuck color. Spanish niggas. <laughs> I feel like you're supposed to be partners in your space. Correct. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to bring your good, your bad. He's supposed to bring his good, his bad. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, life is so up and down. One day you making all the money, one day he's making all the money. And you have mm-hmm. to be comfortable with each other on either on either side of the coin. And Correct. I just feel like 
when it comes to getting back to our topic of, of friend zoning, you get what I'm saying? People know what they want. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like you know what you want. And I feel like I had a best friend, a male best friend, for all my, since I was a little girl, my male best friend, I never thought of him that way. And I don't know if you've ever thought about me that way, but like that whole scene about knowing about, his, you know, my best friend, like I know my male best friend inside and out. Correct. Uh-huh. Y'all yeah, know, y'all yeah, know, I know Wilkins, like the back of yeah. my hand. However, I have, I will say on record, I don't, I've, I don't see, I, I've never had any type of inkling of any type That's of like beautiful. what would happen you know because that was a because that used to be a thing too when people would look at you know guys and you know as a female as a male being mm-hmm. best friends frowned upon because they're like oh y'all must be fucking and it was just yeah. like what like one time someone definitely like insinuated that about me and wilkins and i nearly was disgusted and i was just like not even the fact that my nigga is not great but it's just the fact that he i don't have to fuck with him on that type of level intimate wise to for him to be one of the main guys in my life like mm-hmm the fuck so we oh everyone has that fucked up concept of like you can't be friends with men with men and it's just like no like you can you just to choose not to right what you're trying to say and i I just just feel like you know it's disrespectful to y'all bond right like i took that shit super personally i was like excuse the fuck excuse me but anyway we're gonna end on a positive note um thank you to the queen of the Jabatia's podcast network for joining us on this episode of Sasson Talk. We spoke a little bit about friends on it, but we also spoke about love, black love. It is still Black History Month. Um, when this episode does drop, it probably won't be because it'll be the first week of March. But um, we do want to recognize black love is all around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my love, before we do sign off, please let everyone that's viewing, listening, know how to find you and your podcast. You see how you see what I did there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see what I did there? You can find me at Tavia Regina on Instagram and you can find a your sports show at your sports show on Instagram as well as Facebook and Twitter. We're on mm-hmm. Twitter too. So uh follow us, uh check us out. We talk a whole lot of sports. You know, I love my brothers with everything. You know, my my boys, my uh my three guys, you know, they drive me crazy. But you know, <laughs> I don't you know what's so funny? Everyone always asks me, how do you deal with Wilkins and Mr. Platt. They always look at me like, how do you do it? Right. Now I look at you and I'm like, how do you do it? Because <laughs> no, I, two of them is cool. Three. She got three. Oh. No. Listen, oh, she got to tell me, the other one is messing with her. I'm going to look at him. But like, why are you messing with Tate? There you go. Yeah. It's always, it's how does Dre do it? Because, you know, me and Matt, we're yeah. like yin and yang. Yeah, absolutely. But that I think is needed. Um, I think that's very important. But once again, thank you to the queen of the Java Tears Podcast Network once again from your sports for joining us on this evening's episode of Friend Zoning. Um, once again, you can listen to this episode amongst all the other episodes we've done so far on the Java Tears Podcast Network on YouTube and on all streaming platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that shit. iHeartRadio. But um, other than that, we thank you, Miss Tay, for joining us. We will do this again sometime soon. You know, because you be busy. Yeah. You be booked and busy. So right, we got to catch you on a good day. Of course. Just let me know anytime. Anytime. And one thing I do know, I know sports and I know relationships. Those there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, bitch, that's a, that's a podcast by itself. <laughs> you, you you fucking up. You missing out on, on, on some things. But anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, as always, I am Janelle. And I am Amanda. And we will talk to you guys soon. Bye.